Floods in Japan sweep away radioactive waste. That and other stories for the week ending September 13th, 2015. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. At least five people were killed, and more than a dozen are still missing because of heavy flooding in Japan last week. The pounding rains forced the evacuation of almost three million people. The strongest rain fell in storms north and east of Tokyo and caused rainwater containing radioactive material to be released into the ocean from the disabled Fukushima nuclear power plant. Additionally, bags filled with grass and soil from work to remove radioactive substances from Fukushima were swept away by flooded rivers. Climate change might have been a factor in the heavy precipitation. Ocean temperatures around Japan have been rising in recent years, producing vapor and making air conditions unstable, ideal for storms to incubate. Chinese scientists have discovered that an immense amount of water exists underneath a desert in a remote northwestern region of their country. The size of the discovery is stunning. The large amount of water in this underground sea is estimated to be about 10 times the quantity of the Great Lakes of North America. While the water quality is way too salty for drinking, the massive aquifer stores carbon and stops it from being released into the atmosphere. Researchers were studying the role the world's deserts play in soaking up and storing carbon emissions from human activity when they found the desert ocean. One of the Chinese scientists told Discovery News that the aquifer is like a can of Coke. If it were somehow opened, all the greenhouse gas would escape into the atmosphere. All of the Earth's oceans absorb carbon, which keeps it out of the atmosphere. But too much carbon in the oceans is causing acidification and leads to the destruction of vulnerable food chains. 26 years ago, the Exxon Valdez oil tanker struck a reef and spilled a massive amount of crude oil into Alaskan coastal waters. About four years after the spill, the local fishing industry that caught herring collapsed. And while it may seem obvious why that occurred, there was a lot of controversy over the role oil played in the decline. Last week, a study was published in the journal Scientific Report that analyzed the long-term effects on fish from ingesting small quantities of oil. Both salmon and herring exposed as embryos to trace levels of crude oil grew into juveniles with abnormal hearts and reduced cardiorespiratory function. The bottom line, the fish swim slower and are more vulnerable to predators. Scientific confirmation of the effects of spilled oil on fish health is critical now as Shell is conducting exploratory drilling in the Alaskan Arctic, where the U.S. government has said the chance of a disaster is 75%. The Salton Sea has seen better days. At 350 square miles, California's largest lake was once a playground for Hollywood stars and was a popular destination for fishing and boating. But now it's shrinking, stark, and largely abandoned. Agricultural runoff that feeds the lake has declined, and more troubles loom. First in 2017, an agreement to transfer water to San Diego will reduce flows, and second, prolonged droughts due to climate change are expected to only exacerbate the situation. And that stinks, literally. As the waters recede, the lake becomes saltier and saltier, leading to fish die-offs. Those decaying fish, along with leaves and other organic matter, 
emit noxious bubbles of hydrogen sulfide gas. The gas resembles the smell of rotten eggs, and residents link it to increased asthma attacks and respiratory problems. Last week, gas levels were more than six times the state standard, setting an all-time record, an unfortunate milestone for a lake that many consider a vital habitat for birds and fish. But help could be on the way. Two weeks ago, Governor Jerry Brown filled a newly created position to oversee restoration of the lake. But fully restoring the sea to its original size isn't likely to happen. The most popular plan aims to maintain a smaller but sustainable Salton Sea, ringed by wildlife habitats and renewable energy projects. A more manageable lake will hopefully tamp down comparisons to Owens Lake, which had its water siphoned off by Los Angeles in the early 20th century and went on to become the largest source of dust pollution in the entire country. And finally this week, speaking of strong scents, perhaps you vacationed in Paris this summer, home to art, fashion, good food and culture. Its picturesque cityscape is crisscrossed by wide boulevards, the River Seine, and... The most amazing sewer system ever! Surely your visit to the City of Light included a stop at this top tourist attraction? The labyrinth of tunnels beneath the Paris streets is a must-see for anyone interested in engineering and public works, and for fans of Victor Hugo's Les Miserables and the musical that it inspired. During Hugo's time, the system was 360 miles long and had iron pipes for drinking water and sewage. It became such a tourist draw that mechanized cars were added to carry well-heeled Parisians throughout the Volta channels whilst they reclined at tables in their finery. Perhaps it was the growing popularity of the sewers that inspired Hugo to incorporate them into his novel. He saw the sewers as the conscience of the city, a place where class distinctions disappeared. But he also saw the system as a frustrating missed opportunity to use the sewage as fertilizer. If you do go, don't forget to stop at the gift shop where you can pick up a souvenir stuffed rat. But be prepared for strong aromas. Yes, the pungent bouquet during your visit will inspire you to make your next stop to purchase another thing Paris is famous for, perfume. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado Waterwise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.